Hey, this is Rich. This is Cass. This is Jacob. This is Luke. Yes, Salut, c'est Jonathan Mercier. Welcome to the Hillsong Creative Micropod. Hey, I'm Rich Langton and welcome back to the Hillsong Creative Podcast. I'm so excited about this series that we've been doing over these last few weeks, the Creative Entrepreneur Series. And the feedback we've been getting has been amazing and I've loved hearing from you guys about these last two episodes. You know, we didn't want to just tell good stories just to tell good stories about, you know, other people. We really want to encourage you guys, the listeners and our team as you guys listen around the fact that God can use just ordinary people to do extraordinary things. And and most of us who are listening, I know you guys don't all work at a church and you're not all full-time building a ministry. Some of you are in the world do, using your creative gifts and talents. And, and maybe you just need a little bit of encouragement about the fact that God is still, he's very much got his hand on you and very much can utilize your gifts and talents to do amazing things for him and for the kingdom. And so these stories are about that. They're about encouraging you to look maybe a bit beyond the ordinary every day. You're not just doing a job, but you're actually on mission and God is able to utilize what you do where you find yourself for him. And so maybe you're just at the start of a journey and you've got big dreams about something that you want to do and you've, and you've got gifts and talents and you don't know how they're going to quite work. Well, I would encourage you to, to open your eyes, to pray, to be seeking Him and to be finding out how God can utilize those gifts and talents. Obviously not negating the hard work it's going to take, but by opening our eyes and dreaming big and perhaps stepping out um, through the encouragement, hopefully, of some of these stories um, that we're sharing. And maybe for some of you, you've been in it and you've been going for it and you are doing the entrepreneurial thing and you're trusting God and all of that. I hope that these stories are also an encouragement to keep going and to not give up, but to just see yourselves in them, to see the fact that as you keep going, God will continue to empower you. He'll, He'll continue to equip you and to give you the resources and everything that you need in order to get where he wants you to go. So with all of that in mind, on today's episode, we have Aaron from Planning Center. And it's an interview that I did with him at our Worship and Creative Conference. He's a great guy. I've known him for for quite a few years now, really ever since we as a team started using Planning Center for our own team rostering and and administration. And um, I don't know if you're if you're a musician or a singer or worship leader at your church, then you will probably use Planning Center. But for those who d- who don't know it, it's a rostering system. It's a planning system. But over the years, it's developed into much more of a church. Uh, management system really they have apps for all sorts of things you can google that and check that out but but the story behind it is incredible and Aaron's journey of getting from where he started to where he is now is is a good one it's an encouraging one and I'm sure you're going to gain a lot from it so we'll jump straight in and I'll talk to you again in the interview but at the end too Welcome, Aaron. Thank you. Glad to be here. It's pretty great to have you on. We've known each other for a little while, yeah. sort of distantly, mm-hmm. uh, because um, some years back we were, as a church, as you know, but I'm, for the people at home, we were considering how we could be more efficient in our, in our rostering of our teams, because we have teams, I guess, a reasonably big creative team, and we're rostering a lot of people, yeah. and so we're looking for solutions. And lo and behold, Planning Center 
you know, popped up on the internet and uh, we had heard of it. But, yeah. but so we got to know each other through that process and, mm-hmm. and you helped us through that process of coming on to Planning Centre. But I thought it'd be really fun, seeing as you're in Australia, here for our Worship and Creative Conference, to chat to you about, about Planning Centre, yeah. but really about the origin story. You know, how did it come about? So tell us, where did you grow up and was it in church? Yeah. So my parents are missionaries. And so a lot, part of my growing up was in Colombia, South America, where there were missionaries wow. there for four or five years. And then in second grade or so, we moved to Florida. And so I grew up mostly in Florida, but in the church. Before the missionary thing, my parents were youth pastors. And huh. and when we moved to Florida, my dad was the, was the managing editor for a company called Life Publishers International. And they published the Bible in Spanish, French, and Portuguese. And so he was the main editor in charge of translating the NIV Bible into wow. Spanish. Right. And so I grew up in the church. They were pastors. I mean, Every, every not every day. I don't want to be that that guy, but we were we were at church a lot. Let's right, just put right, it that right, way. Right, yeah. <laughs> um, and so yeah, I definitely grew up in the church, and especially with my parents being missionaries, they would itinerate. So they would go every four years. They would go, and we would they would preach at different churches like all mm. the time throughout the summer. So just had a chance to go to lots of different churches growing up and see, yeah, you know how different places kind of worked. That's pretty interesting. You know, f- jumping forward to to what you now do. <laughs> yeah. Relating to lots of churches, mm-hmm. were you were you like a um, studious kid? Oh yes, I was very studious. What a nice way to put nerd. <laughs> um, yes, I was very studious. I'm the like the first. I'm the oldest of well, the firstborn of five kids in my family, and so very like type A, very kind of straight A's in school, and yeah. um, you know not the most popular child, right? But one of the most studious, for sure. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I should have said this. So, again, jumping forward, you, you end up, where the story is going, that you end up starting Planning Center with a friend, which we'll get to, but but for those listening, that's the context <laughs> of this story. It's not yeah. just that you work at Planning Center and you're a studious, nerdy kid. <laughs> <laughs> right, 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 yeah. right. So you, you're in school, you're quite studious. How does music come into that? Because you play music. Yes, Right. Yeah. So from four years old, when we were in Columbia, I started taking piano lessons from a lady down the street. And then when we moved back to the U.S., I kept taking piano. And, you know, anytime the church would do like a musical, I always had little solos and those things. And so right. I played piano and sang from a young age, started like writing songs at 12 years old wow. and played piano for all the choirs at school. And mm. like even in in seventh grade, I was I was the piano player for like the high school for the high school choir because it was a small Christian school. And Mm. so just had a lot of musical opportunities and Mm. played saxophone in the church band and also did little piano solos at church, you know, every month or whatever. So music was always like a huge part of my life. Yeah. In my early teens, my parents made me learn piano. Mm -hmm. I never practiced. Were you like that? (laughs) Or you like to practice? There were probably a year or two where I hated practicing because my four younger siblings were 
always getting to play. Right. Uh, they're outside doing whatever, and it was like, you have to practice for 30 minutes. And so right. I had one of those like kitchen timers that would sit on the piano that it had to be there for 30 minutes, and every time my mom walked out of the room, I would just like, <laughs> change it a little bit, yeah, yeah, take yeah. off five minutes. So that was, that was for about two years because I was having to play a lot of songs I didn't really care about. Uh, then something shifted at some point, and I started to like it, and it wasn't mm. as big of a deal. So yeah, and then right. I liked it from then on. Yeah. And the saxophone, did you play clarinet first? No, I played trumpet first. <laughs> I know that is not a Segway right. instrument, but we, my grandfather just went to pawn shops and he knew I wanted to play saxophone, but right. we couldn't afford a saxophone. So he would go to pawn shops and finally found a trumpet and was like, well, you're, we can afford a trumpet. So here's a trumpet. So I played trumpet in fifth and sixth grade. Right. My dad had played trumpet as well. And then then he finally found one at some other pawn shop. And so in seventh grade, that's when I transitioned to saxophone. Yeah, right. So then you, tr- you go through high school and I guess you did well? I did well, yes. Yeah. And so you go to university. Mm-hmm. And what did you study? I studied music. You did? Yes. I went to Azusa Pacific University in Southern California. Um, we had grown up in Florida. I'll skip the story, but my whole family moved to California right when I started college. So... Um, I went to school there and I loved every minute of it and it was great and I studied music education and composition and got my degree, a bachelor's degree in that. Right. And so then were you expecting to be a musician after that? Yes. From early high school, I was on a track to be a worship leader. I led worship at my at the youth group and then played in the band for the main service and then when I got to college, I was like, that's... That was the plan. There was yeah. a there was a church music major, mm. but it just didn't. It seemed real boring, so <laughs> so I didn't do that. Well, they were they were teaching you a lot of stuff that wasn't as practical information. I was like, from the my experiences, I'm like, I need to learn. I need to know how to teach people like how to play instruments and how to be in a choir right. and all these kind mm-hmm. of things. So that's why I did music education, and then I was a full time worship leader, uh, music pastor, direct director, all those things for the first like eight or nine years of my post-college life. Right. Yeah. Did you feel like that was what you were sort of called to do? I did, yes. Yeah. No. Yes, no. Yes and no. Right. You know, I I knew I was called to do music for the church. Right. I knew that. And I thought that worship leader was the only avenue for that. And I enjoyed that. And, but I Something about my personality is, I'm just going to be honest, even though this might make me, I don't know how this is going to make me sound, but the more I was, the more I did actual, like, trying to lead worship, my mind is very performance oriented. Right. I like playing the most complicated thing you can play. <laughs> I like trying to impress people. Mm-hmm. I like all, whatever it is about those things, that's just where I go. Yeah. And I know that's not how a worship leader should be. And mm. so I was constantly trying to like be a real tame version of myself, which right. I can do. And when I could focus on your goal is to lead people, not mm. to impress people, mm. I could do that. But when my mind just goes off, I start doing the other thing. Right. <laughs> and yeah. so I sort of realized what I was good at was being a music director. Right. And so someone else could be like leading worship, but I could be directing the band rehearsals and mm. making sure all the technical parts of those things were organized and that everybody was communicating well. Right. And I st- still do lead worship and I mm. enjoy doing that. But my 
primary giftings like kind of lean just a little bit more the other way. Yeah. I think it's a really interesting distinction that you make between worship leader and music director and mm-hmm. the skill sets needed. Yeah. But also that you are self-aware enough to realize where you should fit. Because it's skill sets, but there's also heart or sort of almost, a, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but almost temptation to yeah. be a bit too showy. 100%. Uh, that yes. speaks to me. <laughs> I feel like that should speak to everyone listening, <laughs> you know, to be to be a self-assessing and to be placing ourselves where we're going to be effective and also not, not um, I guess, not do things for the wrong reasons. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. So then you end up being a music director, mm-hmm. and and therefore I'm imagining that that meant that you were being quite administrative. You're managing the team, making sure that they they turn up when they're meant to turn up, etc. Yeah. So my first full time, and I was worship leader and music director at this job. Right. Uh, my first full time job was um, at a a big church of about four four thousand people there, and um, I was one of the people that. Uh, I was the the worship leader for the the contemporary. There's a lot of services for the contemporary service or something, right. and so. But I worked on with the other music directors for the other services on staff, and yeah. so there was a choir and an orchestra and different music teams and different venues. And so, when I showed up at the church, they were burning CDs for the worship team, but they weren't actually planning the music early enough mm-hmm. so once as soon as the cds were done someone would like drive them to people's houses oh, wow. and I, so when i started i'm like i am not driving cds <laughs> to people's houses okay so i was like how uh, we just need to plan things earlier and they can yeah. pick it up when they're here at church like the previous sunday and so that was kind of like the first thing and then I started to use um, Microsoft Access Database, and I like uh, put yeah. together these like a little my own little database that knew who my worship team leaders were and what songs they had sung and what my whole library of music was mm-hmm. and all these kinds of things. And I don't know if I'm answering more than your question, but you're going to ask this eventually anyway, so I'm going to keep talking. Um, <laughs> the um, love it. So at that point, my friend Jeff, who worked at the church, yeah, he uh, did graphics and web stuff there and he's like a brilliant computer programmer guy and i've always done computers um it's always been a a side not my primary love but Mm -hmm. something i also have loved he was helping the church he made a little windows program that Mm. i don't even remember if it had a name but it was just to help figure out what like the 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 order of your service when the songs were going to happen how long things were going to take right. because there were multiple venues in the church but all doing different music and they all had to finish at the exact same time so that the message could go live okay. video and so the timing was really important and mm-hmm. so every time we would do like rehearsals and Thursday night it was like oh, let's switch these two things around mm-hmm. and their excel spreadsheet that they had was just it was way more difficult to just like cut and paste anyway that's right. boring so he <laughs> figured out how to do it all in this Windows program. Yeah. At the same time, he saw my access database, and then we were like, how can I get like music, how can we put the music on like a website or something so right. that people can download it? Just, they could get two songs as soon as they're ready, even if the rest of the set list right. isn't ready. When would this have been? This was 2004 and five. Okay, so the internet's, it's reasonably new, but, but not brand new. It, yes, exactly. Right. There were no such thing as like web applications. Right. It was just web pages Mm -hmm. that was all that really existed at that point yeah so he helped me make a web page and every week made it from scratch again with the songs that we were doing and then i would send out an email to the people Mm -hmm. and they would get those things and so eventually i got a job at a 
at a church in Las Vegas, and I went there, and they used Macs instead of PCs. Okay. And we were already, he was already thinking, I'm sure, of let's figure out how to put this online, mm-hmm. like m- combine these three, the thing that he was making, that I was making, and that we had made together and all that stuff. Yeah. How can we make this into one thing? And so once I moved to the other church that was only on Mac, mm-hmm. and he was a Windows developer, right. that sort of cemented the idea in his head, well, yeah, this has to be a web-based program, right. which yeah. is seems obvious now, but at yes. the time was not at all. No, because they were enemies almost. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, you don't you don't mix Windows and and the Apple world. Yes, right. absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, so he like Facebook people like there was like three colleges on Facebook. Nobody knew who what it even was yeah. back at that point, and so then he spent the next six to nine months making what would eventually be called Planning Center, Mm -hmm. um, a web-based thing. And I went to be music director at my church in Las Vegas, and that church was the first church to use what would be Planning Center. Mm -hmm. We used it for six months while he was developing things, and he would send me the new stuff, and I would give him my feedback and give him ideas, and Mm -hmm. then he would do, he has a million ideas of his own, so he did tons of stuff on his own Mm -hmm. and relied on me a lot for the musical knowledge of Mm -hmm. things. Um, And so... Over that six months, it just sort of developed, and he started shifting to do more planning center and less of the church over right. a while. Yeah, right. Interesting. And so then, in all of that, would you say you're creative? Yes. How would you define that? It's weird because I, I'm very logical, but I'm also creative, and so like trying to reconcile those two things is it's fun actually. Mm. But I often like move to the other box. <laughs> right. And so figuring out how to get things organized is that like logical part and the efficient part. But I feel like, especially when it comes to planning worship or organizing your church, maybe not especially, but when it comes to that, every church does things differently. Mm. And like the, and you're dealing with people mm. and people are different. So yes. you, there's no, there's no solution. And so um, that's perfect for everybody. And so getting people organized there's not one way to do it. Mm-hmm. So it's find creative ways to figure out how you can take this problem and come up with a million different solutions that's still just one solution. And so that's kind of where the creativity, I guess, plays into that part of my job. Yeah. I, I appreciate your answer because I think I'm probably quite similar to that. Yeah. In our world, as people listening would know, um, Cass is known as the ideas person and she has a million ideas <laughs> and um and, and the next for her the the lesser importance is how we're going to do the idea right and i guess for me i have lots of ideas too but i but i'm quite strong on wanting to make sure we can do them and right. achieve the uh, work out the steps and yeah. work out, make sure it's efficient and all of that in the i guess in the church world and the world in general the cast type person is the classic creative or at least the stereotypical creative yeah. the person who has lots of ideas or is very sort of um imaginative mm-hmm. and and could be maybe not um well certainly i don't want to say she's this because she's not but 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 could be seen as flaky or right. as as can't get it done yeah. yeah but then on the flip side the person who wants to get it done or is organized or perhaps even a bit more administrative they're they're classified as boring yep. and non-creative yeah and it, and it's in fact, isn't actually like that. Yeah. You know, th- there's an element of me that's very creative, element of her that's quite administrative. Uh, we, we, yeah. 
they're just different elements. And I think that uh, if we were to think about the church and limit our creativity just to the musicians or Mm -hmm. just to the ideas people, then, then we're sort of draining the strength out of what it is that people contribute. Mm -hmm. Uh, So if you're a technical person, you have to do that. Like you've described, you have to do that with creativity. How do you create a solution to the sound problems? Well, you have to imagine what the solution could be Mm -hmm. before it's even there. And then that opens up a whole other realm of possibilities for people who can contribute to the church. Yeah. Which I think I'm going to hopefully get into that a little bit later with you, okay. with your journey with Planning Center. Yeah. So you, you start this thing with a friend, really implementing at a church out of need. Mm-hmm. Yes. When does it become something you go, oh, hold on, this could, uh, this could help other people? I don't remember exactly every new person that we interview for Planning Center, we tell this origin story to. Right. And as stories go, they shift a little bit over time. So right, 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 right. I, so I don't want to... Yeah. Uh, tell the best version. The best version of this, you know, um, from the very beginning. No, yeah, not, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. No, you know, so it was really to solve a problem at our own church. But I do... Uh, at my college, most of my friends from college went on to be worship leaders right. uh, because I graduated in music from a Christian university. That's mm-hmm. where a lot of them went. And so I was in contact with a lot of them, and I knew many of them could use something like this. Right. And so in my mind, I was like, oh, if we do this right, all my friends can use this. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't, th- I don't think at the time there was ever like a, this will be the worldwide thing right. or, you know, whatever. Yeah. No, I know for sure it was not that. Mm. I maybe thought it could be used by people and like moderately successful. Mm. I don't know when that shifted for Jeff, but at some point during the development of it, I had attended lots of worship conferences mm-hmm. and I was like, well, let's launch this to people at a worship conference. I I'll just reach out to the conference that I've been going to. Right. So um, Saddleback Church in California, they did a the Purpose Driven Worship Conference, and yeah. that was like an hour and a half from where we lived. And mm-hmm. so we just reached out to them, got a booth at that conference in 2006, and it was the ugliest booth you've ever seen. <laughs> we like rented these like yellow tablecloths. Oh, it was just, it was a beauty. And so, um, but it was eye catching. Yes. So, so people saw us right. and, and that was sort of like the launch of the company. And I didn't even know it at the time, but Jeff, he had had a degree in, he got a college degree in business he always wanted to start his own business i had no idea at the time yeah and then that's ended up being kind of what happened so crazy yeah and so then it went pretty well yeah it went well so the first six months from june to to january of uh, june 2006 to january 2007 people who had found out about us at that conference told their friends and it definitely started growing from then and by January of that next year, Jeff decided to take out an advertisement in Worship Leader magazine, mm-hmm. and that that came out in either January or February, and that is what like really started to catapult our growth yeah. at that point. And right. from the very beginning, we've grown every single week since we've launched in 2006. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah, you weren't on like you weren't employed by planning center as a as a thing at that point though 
No, for the first year, as Jeff transitioned from doing less of the church and more to Planning Center, I still stayed on as I felt called to still be the music director at my church in Las Vegas for six years more. Right. So for those six years, that was my full-time job, and I did Planning Center on the side. Right. And so for a while, I answered, I would do my work in the day, and when I came home, I answered customer support for you know an hour or however long it took because we didn't have right. as many people back then. Right. And then I would use the software at work and give Jeff feedback, and mm. he eventually started doing that full mm. time, but I was still just doing music at the church yeah. for quite a while. Yeah, right. And so then I guess fast forward to today, Planning Center is used by 50,000 churches? Um, over 58,000 now around yeah. the globe yes and do you, ha- do you have an, an idea you probably do of how many users that represents i don't know how many users because we used to just be for the thing we started at started for was like worship team management music and rostering and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. but couple uh, six or seven years ago we decided to expand to do software for all parts of the church and so so we now do church management which which means lots of churches put their entire congregation into the system and a lot of those people never log in they're just part of their database so the number of people that are in planning center isn't the number of people that's using it so i don't actually know that i know i would guess May four to five million like users. That's just a guess because the last time I checked years ago, it was like three million. So right, but I don't know. Even like three, four million. I mean, the the numbers are ridiculous. <laughs> like, does that blow your mind? When um, when I tell stories like this, yeah, you know, when you're like in your life and like I'm just, I just go to work and I just try to do my best. Mm. work every day and you right. forget but that's one of the reasons i love coming to conferences like this you know we have there's 92 people on staff at planning center and right. and other people like to go to conferences and would do that and i still really enjoy it because i like talking to the worship leaders and like seeing how it's affecting them what what can still happen and yeah. and it's also really great for me just to remember like yes like where we've come from for you, does it like does that does it feel like you're having a big impact? Yes, but like I said, I don't think about that most of the time. Yeah. When I when I talk Stuff to people, to think about it. Mm. yeah, once in a while, well, you know, a conversation will come up, or I'll talk to somebody, or I don't know. People all over the world use us. In my office, we have this dashboard that has like a map, and every time a person like logs in, like not person logs in, but we see little dots around the globe right. for people who are using it. So I know that happens, but just yesterday here, these two ladies came up to the booth from the Philippines, and they were just so excited. And I know people from the Philippines mm. use us, but I haven't talked to anybody in a long time. Right. And that they came up to the booth and were like, we use you at our church in the Philippines, and it's just like the best thing that's ever happened. Like, yeah. just that conversation was just happened in the exact right way that I was like, oh my goodness, like, this is crazy. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think is... Like, I feel like I know the answer to this question, yeah. but I'm going to ask it anyway because okay. I want to hear what your answer yeah. is. But what do you think is sort of the the key? I'm, I'm using air quotes. The key <laughs> to success. You know, why is planning center what it is? Okay, okay, yeah, I can answer that. Well, who knows if I can answer it succinctly enough, uh-huh. but let's see. I think one big part of it for us is passion. I think, especially in technology, 
most of the companies that I know about, people are just out to find how they can make money and they're just looking for a hole in some market and they're gonna go and do that thing. Mm. And this wasn't how it started for us. Mm -hmm. For us, it started because we wanted to do something that we would use. Um, and pretty much everything we do as a company mm. kind of, not all comes back, but one of the things that all comes back to is we're building a company, we're, we're building software that we would want to use we are running a company that we want to work at forever. Yeah, right. And all those things end up, they end up making decisions just a lot easier. Mm. So we don't, we literally do not have a sales team mm -hmm. at planning center. There's nobody ever. And there never has been mm. that's job is to go and get new people to sign up. Right. Um, for us, it's always been build a great product mm. and people will tell their friends if it is useful people will hopefully use it. Now, yeah. we we were very, very fortunate mm. that we came out at the moment that we did when um, when techno you know, web applications mm -hmm. start. So God had his hand in it for sure. It wasn't mm. like, oh, we just did the right thing. Right. But at the same time, people wanted us to build more software for many years. And we were resistant. Like Jeff would always say, we will never, we have a quote on their wall in the office that says, we will never be a church management software. <laughs> Which is exactly what you Which are. Which is what we are now, yes. The, <laughs> right. And it's a joke among our, uh, amongst yeah. our company because we didn't want to do it because yeah. we didn't have a passion for it. We we're like, we want to help people do things that we know about. Right. But what ended up happening is after many years, Jeff started to, uh, well, there's more to the story, but whatever. He, he, he had kids and his kids started to check in to their classes at church and he would go and was like this check-in system is not right. good i could build something better about that right. and then he became passionate about that thing yes and so then we started building our check-ins product mm. and that sort of spiraled into mm. okay well we feel like the three products we had at that time are great but people can't a lot of churches won't use them unless we can do everything yes. for them so we're like so now in in a certain way we were passionate about about being sort of like a one-stop shop, but hmm. we knew that we didn't have the passion for each of those individual pieces. Right. So we're like, let's hire people who are passionate about building those, someone who's passionate about doing small group solutions wow. or about helping people register for events or, or, hmm. or you know, promoting community in the church. Hmm. And so I think, so that that's from the software side of things, but just from building our, our company mm -hmm. perspective, we don't ever want to sell this company, like almost all software. It's like they're looking for some exit yeah, strategy. Right. That is not us. Mm. We love what we do. Mm. And so Jeff wants to build a company that is one that we want to work at every day. Yeah. Oh, oh and that. back to the product thing. Like people want us to advertise. They're like, oh, Planning Center has so many users. You should put banner ads all over your software that tells right. people about so and so and so. And they're all, right. and they're all good things. Mm -hmm. They're all really good things. Mm -hmm. I don't want to use a software that is that is like Full trying to make and, money and yeah. has all these ads. Mm. So we just don't do that. Mm. We barely advertise our own stuff. Like mm. we send out three emails a year to our five million people, right. you know, however many it is. I don't know. It yeah. could be less than that. Just because mm. it just feels like icky when people, not always. Yeah, but, I know what you're saying. You know, in general. So we're doing things that feel mm. like we would want to use this thing. Yeah. And that guides a lot of what we do. Uh-huh. I take it back. I said a minute ago with your quote on the wall, we will never be a church management yeah, software, software yeah. company. And I said, but that's exactly what you are. But hearing your answer, I feel like you're, you're not that. You might do those things, mm -hmm. but the heart behind it is really a passion to serve. 
yeah. a passion to do something you love, to love life and to, to do it well. That seems like that's more what you are. And, and that's inspiring. Yeah. yeah. What I find most inspiring about you from what I know and from what I see about Planning Center is that it's set up, it's a, it's a business, but it's a business that's set up with the purpose of serving the church. Yeah. And I love that because I think that oftentimes we think we have to be in the church as creatives and only in the church or only outside the church. Right. But the fact is you've married the two. Could you speak to that when it comes to your, I guess, your perspective on that as a, as a creative and as mm. a as a worship leader, you know, yeah. as a person who is both uh-huh. a business person as well, the, the three? How do you see that or what, what encouragement could you give to people listening on that? The leadership team at Planning Center, the other guy in our leadership team, his name is also Jeff. There are two Jeffs in leadership <laughs> at Planning Center, Jeff, Jeff, and me. And we all met at that same church and we have the passion for the church. And our company is not a Christian company. Right. We are not nonprofit. We're just for profit, not for any reason that that's just how it's set up. Mm-hmm. And anybody can work at Planning Center. Right. And we have people that don't go to church, that have different belief systems. Our goal is to build the best software for the church. And 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 that is leadership's goal mm-hmm. for sure. And mm-hmm. we have the passion for that. Some of the people that work at Planning Center just have a passion for building the best software they possibly can. And that's awesome Mm -hmm. because they're helping build the kingdom, even if that's not what they're like. A lot of people are like, we want to work at Planning Center because because you're respected just as a software company, but Mm -hmm. we want to feel like we're building something that matters. Mm -hmm. Even though it doesn't matter to them in the same way that it matters to me, Mm -hmm. it still is like they feel like they're making, they're doing something that is important mm. and that's useful mm. and so i don't know if that's a, totally answers the question but that's what i have to say about that i love that <laughs> i love that i well, i feel like we've run out of time you know we've we've had an awesome conversation bottom line i'm grateful for you i'm grateful for jeff and jeff yeah yeah <laughs> me and, too and for planning center because it's been really useful for our church it's mm-hmm. helped us i mean in our world as we're talking before we we have jp who is doing full-time rostering and we're able to utilize his full-time role for other things. And I think that just the the blessing that that is through what you guys have contributed, and I'm grateful for your faithfulness in building that. So all the best. Thanks for, for being with us on the podcast. Yeah. And I, I pray that anyone's listening um, is encouraged by by the journey, your journey, by, by what God can do just through following the steps that he kind of puts in your hand. It's awesome. Yeah. Bless you. So thanks again to Aaron for that great interview and for Planning Centre, it's pretty great. And for you who are listening, if you don't use Planning Centre, I can highly recommend it. It's been really great for our team. Just check it out, planningcentre.com. And I guess for the takeaway for me on this one and my encouragement to you as listeners would be to look for needs and meet those needs. You know, we may not be able to change the whole world, but we can find one need at a time and meet that need. And as we do that, I think God opens doors for us and God creates opportunity. That would be the lesson from Aaron's life. They've just, they saw a need their own need initially they met that need and then that out of that came a solution for other people and for churches and and it's uh, been an unfolding story of god's goodness of blessing on meeting needs so let's be need meters (laughs) if that's a thing meet needs and just be faithful in doing that next week we have a good one for you so if you're not subscribed please do that and i'll talk to you in a couple of weeks